podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am master life coach and mindfulness expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Okay. Hello. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing fabulous, especially because this episode is so magical. Today, I have a really special treat for you. I interviewed one of my clients, Daisy. And in this interview, you're going to hear exactly what doing this work looks like from the inside. Daisy is just such an amazing human being. And in this interview, she's open and honest about her experience from that first time we got on the phone and what you know motivated her to get on the phone with me. And during our consult and the nervousness about just kind of that good girl identity she had, you know, grown up with and the fear around moving through that. And now on the other side of this work, being completely transformed into the sexy woman that she describes herself as. And I think that sometimes hearing these podcasts or reading about this work, it can be hard to picture the before and the after and see yourself like, what does that actually look like? When Danielle says, you know, an empowered woman or a sexually pleasured woman, like what does that look like? And Daisy does such a beautiful job at painting that picture for you. Just how she had fear coming up and shame coming up and even perfectionism and how that held her back, not just sexually, but in all ways of her life. And through coaching, she was able to emerge on the other side with more compassion for herself and for others, with more confidence and more of just that unapologetic and magnetic energy that allowed her to show up in her business and in her life the way that she wanted. This is the impact of this work. Better sex, of course, and more pleasure, duh, but that is just part of it. The woman that you become on the other side is such a beautiful and transformative experience. And sometimes it's hard to capture exactly what this looks like. And so I hope that you listening to this interview allows you really to see what's possible for you. And if you are really ready for this level of growth, I encourage you to apply for the group program Better Sex in 90 Days. It's the most comprehensive coaching program available to women to learn the exact process that I take women like you, women like Daisy through to have better sex and just to overall feel empowered and sexually alive and magnetic in their lives. So make sure you check that out, daniellesavory.com. And I hope that you enjoy this interview as much as I did. I've re-listened to it multiple times and every time it just brings so much emotion to me because this work can completely change your life and witnessing Daisy's transformation has been such an honor of mine and I want you to hear her story and allow yourself to imagine what is possible for you too. Hello, Daisy. How are you doing? So good. Thank you for having me here. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. Um, Okay, so I already intro Daisy and told you a little bit about what this episode is all about, but we're going to just dive in. So Daisy, I would love for just to start out with like, why? Because we've worked together almost a full year now, like a year ago, like what inspired you to reach out to me to, to begin with? and get coaching on this stuff. Yes. So I had a lot of awareness around my sex life and I had a lot of things that weren't ideal and that I wanted to ignore. So I kind of saw sex as like a duty and an obligation. I had some anticipation around pain at the time after my third baby. And like, I kind of saw sex as like a tour and like for my husband and our sex life at this point in time wasn't really that satisfying obviously with the pain stuff that was going on and everything else but it was kind of like it's like I wanted to want sex but at the same time I didn't want to want sex because I felt like that would be more work like if I want sex more is there going to be even more of it because at the time I I like kind of wanted to limit it Mm -hmm. and I was also working at my business and had recently hired a 
business coach like a month and a half before. And so it's kind of like, oh, you should just constrain and focus on one thing. But at the same time, I kind of recognized that like this wasn't really an aspect of my life that I could just keep ignoring. Like it's kind of the pain point that like keeps coming up, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I was listening to your podcast. I discovered you through another group and I just really loved your energy and, you know, talk like was kind of playing with the idea of working with you someday, like maybe a year from now. And this particular podcast really showed to me why sex was important now and why that was like maybe the most important thing I could be working on and kind of highlight some of the things that, that I thought about at the time is, you know, having less stress and more presence and more focus and efficiency and creativity and compassion. And really like what really spoke to me, like to really sum it up was seeing how sex could be an avenue for personal growth and for being more connected to myself and living my life with more authenticity and connection and depth. That was something that was very powerful for me to think about and to sort of create the desire in me to want to work on that now. So yeah, yeah. And if I remember correctly, like, um, I'm trying to remember back to a couple of our earlier conversations, like, you definitely wanted it to feel good and to have that pleasure. But it was almost like this other piece that this could be your next level of growth, or it could help in all those areas was even more the driving force than it being good or not. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like the growth piece, like felt like the most compelling thing to me for sure. Yeah. And I think even you and I have talked about that recently. We were like, yeah, I mean, I guess it would have been fine if it got better with my husband, but I was okay if it didn't too. Yes. Yeah. So can you talk about like, because I remember even a conversation we had a little bit ago that there was part of you that it wasn't like you were expecting things to not work out. Like you weren't expecting, you know, not having results, but you were okay if it didn't get better. Like there was part of you that were like, yeah, I'm going to give this a shot. I hope that it works. But then a little bit of you that was like, but if it doesn't, it's not a big deal. Yeah. It wasn't like a, it was kind of like, it would be nice if it's better because my husband would like it if I liked it more. And my husband would like it if, you know, our sex life was different than it was, but I didn't really see the value in it for me. Like I kind of wanted to be doing other things more than, you know, necessarily that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those conversations and that makes so much sense. So can you then talk to, cause I think that, you know, a lot of women will understand, you know, cause they do feel that kind of same way. It's like, well, do I really want to put effort into this and make it work? So what do you think it is about kind of how you grew up and what you learned about sex that made it seem like it just maybe wasn't as important or something that you really wanted to pursue as far as like experiencing the pleasure part of it? Yeah, I think in general, I had the idea in my mind that like sexual pleasure is bad in a way, like a, like I had these connotations around what it means to be like a sexual pleasured woman or what that looks like. And in my mind, it was hard to merge how you'd have a passionate, sexy marriage without like being like seeing myself as skanky or like not wanting to identify myself a particular way was a really big challenge for me, especially because growing up, I was very much into like the good girl identity and doing all the right things and following all the rules. And, you know, I grew up with the idea that sex is for men and it's like a wifely duty and it's just something a woman does for the man. And, and there wasn't a lot of maybe presentation, even in all our culture, right? Or in media that, that this is like a pleasurable thing for women. It's kind of presented more as all about men and something that men need and not something that women need. Right. Yeah. And I remember, um, you know, at the beginning of our work together, that idea of like, there was a little bit of fear. Like if I do do this work and I start leaning into this, then will I end up being like skanky or slutty or those kind of things? You remember that? Oh yes, yeah. And I remember. I remember you commenting too, like, "Oh, don't worry, I won't make you too bad" or something like that. You know, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, part of me kind of wants you to." <laughs> like, so it was like that 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 pull back and forth in me, where it's like I want to be able to have this kind of relationship 
and also not like feel like I'm bad because of it or something. Right, right. So how do you think that you were able to let go of that? Because that that was a huge part, right? Like there was a huge resistance there to if I did this work, if I become a sexually pleasured woman, then maybe I'm going to turn into this person who in your mind growing up was kind of this villainized woman. So how did you like reconcile that that could be, you know, a possibility and also proceed forward? I mean, part of it definitely was coaching with you, right? And kind of coaching on the fears that were coming up and, you know, questioning the story that I was telling myself or if that was even true or not. And I think another part of it was just kind of the grander vision, if you will, in my mind. (laughs) So like a couple months before that, we've talked about how, you know, I had really hung on to like this perfectionist identity and like this proud perfectionist. And there was another coaching call prior to when I had met you about, that someone who was a perfectionist was getting coached on. And it had occurred to me in that call that like perfectionism maybe wasn't all that I thought it was. And that maybe that was part of what was holding me back. And I kind of started researching perfectionism and like the stress and the overwhelm and like those being the main default pathways in the brain that you're motivated by, like the pressure and those sorts of things and how there's a difference between like an being an overachiever and being a high achiever and you know how per- perfectionism when that's like your main identity tends to be less forgiving than when you're like a high achiever and more forgiving and it's kind of like more challenges and you're able to do more of what you want to do without so much shame and you know other emotions that don't feel so great and kind of recognizing that i really i mean i was already aware of this but i wanted to be living my life for more like love and passion and desire and fun right and in that moment i kind of recognized like oh like the main identity that I'm holding on to isn't driven by the qualities that I'm most wanting to lead in my life. And there was a actually a coaching call that I had heard, I mean, several years ago that just came to mind about where Tony Robbins was co- coaching a woman who was using like depression and stuff to connect with herself. And he was showing her like, like that that was a way that she was connecting with herself, right? I mean, obviously she didn't see it that way. But then talking to her about how ecstasy, like training herself in the emotion of ecstasy was another way of connecting with herself and kind of recognizing like, I think a lot of times in women, like for women in the way we've been raised, like with the messages, like sometimes I think sometimes we think the only way like subconsciously that we have of connecting with ourselves is by going to like the guilt or the shame or the depression or whatever. And like the pleasure and choosing the pleasure and prioritizing that is like the pathway that I'm building in my brain, like creating more neural pathways that build that passion and desire and love, like just recognizing from a grander scale that that's what I want more of in my life is leading from those energies versus the stress and the overwhelm and the pressure and the guilt and the shame that was dominating my life, you know, more than I realized really, but. Right. Right. That's so good. I love that thinking of that, right? Like we, tend to connect to ourselves in in these other ways that don't feel very good, but there's a completely different option of connecting with ourselves in a way of, that's like loving and pleasurable. Yeah. I love it. And that's something that's been really, really powerful for me too. Cause a lot of times, I mean, we've talked about too, like how I am holding space for both. Like the shame may be there and I'm burning through that <laughs> while also like creating the neural pathway of the pleasure <laughs> and practicing that. Yeah. Yeah. They can both be there. But one, you're just focusing your attention on more. Mm -hmm. And I'm deciding on on purpose, like which one I want to choose and which one I want to build and which one I want to create more of going forward. Yeah, for sure. So let's go back to, you know, when you first came to me and you mentioned on this, like you're experiencing some pain. And you remember how when we started to release... Like, I want, I want to hear how you, like you experienced it. Right. But remember there was just like one day you're like, Oh, there's just no pain anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you, like, what do you think it really was like uh, that allowed you to release that pain? Because I think so many women can relate to that when it comes to their body and there's pressure and then there's tension and then they kind of have like some, you know, a breakthrough. And then that also helps heal their pain in their body. 
Yeah. So I think it was actually a couple of things. So on one hand, I do think there start like I had had past pain in our marriage after pregnancy and stuff. Like after my first, I had had really intense back pain that was crippling at times. And um, at least after one of my other babies, maybe both of them or all three of them, I don't recall for sure, but like kind of that burning sensation that can exist for a while after you've had a baby. And so, you know, our brain likes to look to the past and so I think there was, with my third baby, more anticipation of the pain, anticipation of there being burning. And I think there was also kind of like, I think sometimes we also look for excuses, right? Like almost like you don't want to let go of the pain because you don't want to have sex or like, it's like a good excuse or a good reason not to. <laughs> You're like, if I'm hurting, I can say no and not feel bad about it. Yeah, because I did have a lot of stuff of feeling like I couldn't. Like, it's not that I couldn't say no, but in my mind, it's like, this is what a good wife does, right? And so if you don't have like a good reason, it's like the pain can be a good reason. It's funny though, because I really did experience as a burning and I was going to the doctor and stuff. So like the other piece of it that I think was really powerful is even just questioning if it was pain. Like a a simpler example of this with my son is like, he thinks that me trimming his fingernails it's painful, like for a while, mm-hmm. he would like be really like afraid, like this is going to hurt. And like, he's like freaking out or whatever. And at some point I started asking him, like, are you sure it hurts? Like, are you sure it doesn't tickle? Yeah. Like, are you sure that's pain? And like, now he like thinks that it tickles. Right. Yeah. And so just kind of the idea of like what we're anticipating, like our mind finds or amplifies or whatever. And so I was kind of applying that to myself too, of like, what if that's not pain? Like, is it pain? Like, what if I'm creating this pain or what if like, Like just kind of opening up and recognizing that maybe it was partially created in my mind or whatever. It's fascinating because I was talking to my OB about this and she was talking about how like lots of people, this was at the time, she was talking about how like lots of people come in with pain that they have, that they keep getting all these tests and nothing comes back and nothing's wrong. And even even the test I had got to see, like if I had an infection or something, because it's like, oh, I must have an infection. Like it's almost like some part of us wants something to be wrong or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and like those tests cost so much money, right? Like that test was, like they don't tell you up front, but like when we got that bill, I think it was like $1,500 or something for this test. Something absolutely ridiculous that I thought was like a $50 test or something, right? But like we end up spending all, all of this money on pain that we think is outside of us or outside of our control when really to some degree, like our mind could be amplifying that. So I think it was two parts, three parts, right? Like the, the past experience with pain and then kind of not wanting to let the pain go because it was a good reason. And then like just being willing to question the pain. And I will say like, that was the pain at the time, like that pain all went away. I do have like other pain in my back and stuff that I still deal with. And so I can still relate to like pain that, that people may be experiencing and also just recognizing too that like you can have pain and pleasure. Yes, I love that. And I love coming back to like the questioning, because I think this is and I've shared that a little bit on the podcast too, my own journey with pain. And, you know, for anybody listening, nobody's dismissing the fact that you're actually experiencing pain, even if it is something that is this connection between your brain and body, you are experiencing a symptom, right? And so, you know, I love like what you just said, Daisy is like this, idea of questioning it and like approaching it with curiosity just allows kind of this tension to release a little bit around it. Like it allows it to explore. And I think that you were also working with like a thought, like it's possible that this could feel good, right? It's possible that it won't hurt. Yeah. Like these like kind of allowed you then like these kind of questions, like allowed you then to approach you know, sex or foreplay or anything like that with that whole mindset of curiosity. Yes, totally. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your journey too with self-pleasure, because when I first brought this up, just tell people like what was going on in your mind when I brought up the idea of self-pleasure for some work to do. Yeah. So actually it probably, it began a little bit before I hired you at least the way I remember it. <laughs> so, I mean, my husband for a while, because before I, maybe even before I found you, around the same time, like my husband and I had started reading different sex books and informative books about sex or or what, like different ideologies on sex or whatever. And my husband had a lot of times like been like giving me all these stats about, you know, women and self-pleasuring and how 
makes things better and all these things. And I was always very resistant, like, no, 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 I don't need any of that. Like, not going there, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But where was it coming from? Let's even say, like, so he would bring this up to you or you read it in sex and like, like now, like reflecting back, was it coming from those ideas, that same kind of like slutty sort of thoughts or like where, like, why do you think you were so resistant to the idea? Like, what did you think about it? Yeah, no, that piece in particular, I think was more religion based, like from the religion that I was raised in. It was just that, that piece specifically was taught that like those things are are bad or no-nos or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it felt more like shameful. Like, I don't need that because that's wrong. We don't do that. Yeah. And I think I also had idea, this idea in my mind that sex is better when you're pleasuring each other and when all of that comes from the other person and you're fulfilling each other's needs and almost like you're doing it wrong if you're not involving the other person mm, in that way. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. But that didn't last. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, go on. <laughs> so I knew like when I hired you that that may be something that would be on the table. Yeah. So yeah. by the time I, I got to where I was ready to hire you, I was open to the possibility that that may be in my future and kind of like, I'll deal with it when I get there. Like I still have a choice, but like I was more open to the idea that 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 may be involved, if that makes sense. <laughs> totally. You were more warmed up to it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely still had the resistance and I definitely still wasn't sure about it. And so I think even just, I think sometimes our brains just need to sit with something and mull over it before we maybe move forward on action. So even like after having hired you and talking about it and talking through some of the fears or that sort of thing, I think where that piece came in that, you know, that you were initially talking about where you're able to see that maybe it's not all bad or not as bad as you think, or could be beneficial or whatever, like kind of get other perspective on it. So, yeah. Yeah. Your mind was a little bit more open towards it. So, but, but let's talk about then like what allowed you to take the action of actually doing that? And then I would love for you to just share if you're open to it, share your experience of it because it is one of the Voxer messages that I will remember forever. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because you. I'm going to see if I can remember the exact details because I remember like more the emotion of the experience than like specifically yeah. what happened. But well, that's what I'm talking about, right? Like the whole emotion of the experience and leading up. So, you know, now your mind is opened. And I think we had a we had a conversation leading up to it where you committed to doing it. You're like, I'm going to do this before we talk next week. Right? Yeah, we, pro- we probably did. I don't remember the details of that, but you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's accountability in sex coaching. Too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it was a night that like my husband and I had been hanging out in the hot tub and I don't remember exactly what happened but we had come inside and I had said something to him or something I don't know he ended up leaving we didn't end up spending time together but I remember having thoughts along the lines of like feeling like I was dependent on him or I couldn't have this if he didn't want it or like feeling the shame around even bringing something up like I remember having the thought of like not like you don't need him because that doesn't quite have the the energy to it that I'm going for, Mm -hmm. but kind of like, I mean, how do you remember it? I remember it more like, like I had told myself like pleasure is possible. And like, I realized like how possible pleasure was like being dependent on him, but like what if pleasure is possible without him too? It was that kind of approach. Yeah. Like this could be possible for me, even if he's not around. Yeah. And I remember um, just deciding that I would just try it. Like, let's just try and see or whatever. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. just kind of that like playful curiosity mindset that we talk about and just burning through so much shame. Like I was talking before, like holding, holding space for shame while also holding space for pleasure and just feeling so much, so much of both of them and so much intensity and just coming to like a, a deeper sense of like, I guess like there's acceptance in there. There's empowerment in there. There's like, there was a lot of compassion too, from what I remember. Right. It was like, Oh, of course there's this shame coming up. Yeah, totally. It wasn't like a pushing away. Yeah. Yeah, No, I was totally allowing it. Like it was totally okay that the shame was there. It was like, of course it's there. Yeah. Really being in the place of 
of possibility too. And yeah, I would love to hear what else you remember about it too. <laughs> I, I really am like, I'm experiencing all the emotion, but it's almost like I don't have, like, I remember telling you all the words, like in the Voxer message, you know, and just like yeah. telling you all about it. Yeah. Well, I just remember getting that Voxer and you were just in tears and it was making you so emotional because it felt like it was a loving place, right? It was so much love for yourself and what your body could do, like leaning into possibility. Like, I don't need to depend on anybody else for this. This is something that I can experience on my own, but then also like there on the other side, like the shame, right? Like all the shame that you're feeling and holding space, like you can be there, but I'm still doing this, right? And I'm going to love myself through it. Like I'm still going to touch myself in a loving way. I'm still going to be here in a loving way. And just that release of like moving through it, just the way that you explained, it wasn't just like a physical release that comes with orgasm. It was just this emotional like wave of like release and healing and all of it. There was a lot of tears and emotions. Yeah. And just so much connection with myself too, right? Kind of how circling back to what I was saying before, like using that as a way of connecting with yourself too, that feels much more fueling and caring and compassionate, like you're saying. Yeah. 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 So uh, let's, let's use that kind of as our jumping ground for the next question. I'm curious then for you, like how has you doing this work allowed you to connect with yourself more? Like what has been the impact of that? What does that look like? If you want to explain that to people. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like so there's just so many ways. So for instance, there were lots of times kind of speaking back to, you know, wanting to reprogram my brain and wanting to choose consciously what I'm leading from. There were lots of times even in my business or with other stuff going on where I was feeling the stress and the overwhelm and the pressure of not having time for things and just being like, no, I'm not operating from this place. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go connect with myself in this other way. And this is no matter how much I think the world is going to fall apart if I don't do these things, like I'm not doing it from this energy, like almost like rebellious. Yeah. (laughs) It was always amazing through that process, like how much my energy transforms from the beginning of that to the end of that, where it's like kind of as I start out, because like even what we were just talking about, where it's like you're burning through the shame and the stress and the emotions or whatever. But by the end of it, it's like totally transformed. And I feel so empowered and powerful and all that stuff. It's not that it's not important, but some of it, I might even be like, I don't even need to do this thing. Or like the lens that you see the world through shifts, kind of like mm-hmm. an Instagram filter on your photo, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, such a good analogy. yeah. You're like, things look way better with this lighting. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just sitting and spinning in that, because when you're in, when I'm in that energy, I mean, I can't speak for everyone else, but when I'm in that energy, I'm not as productive anyways. It's harder to get things done. Like you spend a lot more time stressing and spinning maybe than you actually are getting things done. And coming from that place, you know, there is so much more focus or creativity or just like clarity even. That's one example. And then also just with my husband, I feel like sex is so much better and so much more fun because we're not feeling dependent on the other person to meet our needs, right? Like we can do this together. We can do it side by side. We can do it separate. Like also like, I also love trying on like what, how I think my husband thinks about things through this whole process. Like for instance, um, I was very committed to the mindset for most of my marriage of like, you know, I stay until he's done. Like his pleasure is of the most, like I'm here until he's done And it doesn't matter how long it takes or like how tired I am or whatever. Like if it hurts. (laughs) Right. Like if we start, like I'm here till it's done. Right. (laughs) Or whatever. And like that kind of added to some other things. Like if we, you know, wanted to have sex later, then I might have resistance. Like, oh, it's going to take forever because I felt out of control of how long it would take. And because it's like I have to be there the whole time. Or I felt like more resistant to it because... I didn't trust myself to say no if it hurt. Like I just felt like I just needed, like I didn't trust myself to be able to speak up or say something. It's just like, just grin and bear it kind of mentality, right? Yeah, yeah. Get it, get this over with. Yeah, because even like back, I mean, this was quite a bit before I worked with you, but like after my first child, when I really did have like that really intense, like crippling back pain, like I thought it was so obvious. <laughs> and like my husband had like really no idea how much pain that I was in because 
I was so good at just not voicing it. Right. So even like playing with the mentalities of like, I, I said to my husband one time, I don't remember. I was like, you know, I kind of want to get to the point where like, if you haven't gone, I could just get up and leave if I wanted to. And like, <laughs> that wouldn't be a big deal. <laughs> and yeah. he kind of looked at me like, um, what? Uh, what? Yeah. And it's not like that we would do that all the time, right? right? But that you have the empowerment that you could do that if you so choose. Yeah, it's not like that's what I always want. But just like that idea that you feel in your mind, you have the choice. Like like that there is that choice there versus like the duty obligation. It just creates a completely different energy for sex. Yeah, totally. And because like I didn't hold him to the same standard of like I have to orgasm every time you know it's kind of like in my mind it's like when he goes we're done like it wasn't like the standard in my mind so just kind of like creating this inequality in my mind of where i saw myself as less than or whatever and like what would it look like if we were on equal playing field because it was in my mind that i was making myself less than or like my pleasure pleasure lower priority or like this being about him versus about me or about or whatever Right. And I love that you're saying that like my pleasure is less than a priority or it's less important because it, I just think that's so many women's experience, right? That it is about making sure, you know, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, like the guy finishes, you know, versus that this could be something that it is like both of our pleasure is important here. Yeah. And like, even like being able to voice other things. Cause a lot of that was like too about not wanting to ruin the mood for him. So like being afraid that if I spoke up or said something, it wouldn't be what he wanted or he wouldn't like it or all that kind of drama. Like another way that, that I connect to myself more is even just being able to communicate more like what I want or not with insects. And even like, even be, even beyond that, like even knowing that, right. Because I would say before it was just like, and eh, whatever, I'm just here for you. <laughs> like I had yeah. to spend a lot of time thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, being able to be like, I want this or I want that. And without the fear that you're going to like ruin it for him or ruin the experience. Yeah. Without, the, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love it. So then talk a little bit more too about just like, you know, cause that I think is such a night and day difference from when you started, right. Even more than, I mean, the self-pleasure is a huge one, but just that confidence to be able to say what you want and your desires and not being afraid if he gets upset. Like, how do you think that now has impacted like the way that you just show up in general in your marriage and even beyond that? Yeah. So I will say it's like an ongoing thing for me. It's definitely something I'm still working on. But for sure, like you said, from where I've started to where I am now, like there is a night and day difference. And I do have so much more confidence with people. I've, and just the way I show up in who I want to be around people or um, like even just communicating more directly, I still have a lot of indirect communication, right? (laughs) But like being able to communicate more directly or being able to say what I want. And also being okay if like being more okay, let's say being more okay than I was with, it's okay if that answer is no, right? Because a lot of times I think like we're scared to ask because we don't want to hear the no or like we're afraid of the rejection or the disapproval or whatever it is. But being even more okay with like, it's okay if it's not what he wants to or something, right? And like, I think that's where the self-pleasure can be really helpful too, is like knowing like you can still like meet your own needs however you want right i will say like too like because you said beyond like my marriage Mm -hmm. is not like i can think of a specific instance last november when i was because i've started you know as i've done my business and doing more networking and that sort of thing like the same kind of patterns come up with the shame or like worried about what other people will think or that sort of thing and i remember this one particular time that i was going to meet up with someone and just having all thoughts like you know worrying about them liking me or not or not like whatever and really coming to the place of like I'm just going to be me and, you know, they can take it or leave it like that kind of thing where just having more confidence in being who I want to be or, or whatever, and just showing up and just having such a great time and not worrying at all about what they thought. And we, it was just such a great experience to show up confidently like that and have that kind of empowerment and have conversation like that. And it's funny because this person eventually ended up becoming one of my clients <laughs> yeah. So like obviously it's helped my business too. 
And I just think it's a, it's attractive to me and I'm sure it's attractive to other people. Like when people are confident in themselves and have certainty or know what they want or Mm-hmm. Are, are living their lives the way they want to or have more fun or joy or pleasure in their lives. Like that's something I think we're all attracted to, at least a lot of us, and something we all want more of. So. For sure. Yeah, I think it's exactly what you're saying, right? It's like being able to first have desires, acknowledge those desires, but then the way you know, that it has shook out in your business, like not in your business, but in your marriage is being able to then unapologetically express them. Right. And I think that is such a huge thing that women want, right. Is to be able to say what they want without being afraid of how that's received or if they're going to rock the boat or upset somebody. And when you can do that in a, you know, in a relationship that's as vulnerable and close as a marriage and especially in the sexual realm it does allow you to borrow from that experience and it can make it easier than when you go to things like networking events or anything else, because you as a whole person became so much more unapologetic in general. Yeah. And another time that comes to mind is like when my sister got married last year and I'm not part of the religion I grew up anymore. And through like coaching I did with you and, you know, other work I've done on myself, I was able to go up there and have such a great time with my family and have no drama while I was there. Not that drama doesn't come up at other times necessarily, right? It's not all or nothing, but like for that experience, like really having such love and fun and joy, like no drama, like during the wedding when I wasn't in part of the ceremonies and like being able to help with out with kids and not having that mean anything and being able to connect with my parents and my siblings and, and not feeling like that shame was getting in the way, like that was a really powerful weekend for me to experience all of that. And yeah, like just being able to love all of us wherever we were, we were and with whatever we wanted to believe and, and it being okay of like when we want different things. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Because as you start to embrace your own desires and your own wants, and don't have shame of them, then it's not like you're shaming other people for their wants and desires. It's this beautiful ripple kind of effect that can happen. Yeah. More acceptance for yourself and more acceptance for others and more connection. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So do you find yourself like desiring sex more now or more eager, let's say, to have sex with your husband than before? Yes, definitely. I mean, last night is a great example (laughs) (laughs) because I like it. I still have some of the like same mentalities, right? Where like, I may have the initial resistance to like, oh, I don't want to have sex or we need to like find some other distraction so we don't have to sex or like my brain wants to go to the place of like, there's not going to be time or wanting to let him know. Like I used to like be like, oh, you know, like the preempting, like don't right. want you to be disappointed or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Like the same as if you were going to go work out or something. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like the, the same stuff may come up, but like, kind of being able to be there. But then last night it was like, we were just like going with, well, what do we want to do? And what would be fun? And like, I was like, I just want to watch, like, I'm just barely discovering like TikTok. I was like, I kind of just want to watch TikTok videos and check this thing out. And like, was having a lot of fun watching the app and like dances and whatever. And like my husband and I were being kind of flirty. And anyways, we were just like teasing and he was, we were like playfully recording, like he recorded like me doing one of the things and we were just having a lot of fun. And like, as we went back upstairs, I was just noticing like my physiology, how all of it has changed. I was like, I think I kind of want sex right now. Like, and it's, yeah. it's kind of like, and like initiating things or whatever. Right. And so it is like, there is many more times when like I am initiating it or I want like genuinely want it or see it as pleasure for me. And I have a lot more fun with it. And yeah, it's just a, such a better experience of sex overall. Yeah, because you do. You do choose it. And I don't give you self-pleasure homework anymore, but I'm assuming that's, I mean, I from our conversations, that's still a part of your practice. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Why? Um, I mean, I think it kind of goes back to that same thing. Like when I was talking about, at least for me, what I want to reinforce in my brain, like the the pleasure versus the stress and the shame and the overwhelm or whatever. So like even before Mm -hmm. a call tonight, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like 
when I know that I've set aside this time and I want to be in, in the right like energy and I want to be connecting and having fun or whatever, you know, throughout today, there are some things happened where my brain is triggered and feeling shame or like some things that happened with like maybe expectations weren't communicated quite like we thought they would be with my husband or whatever and some plans that we each had and like getting on the same page and like noticing how my brain wants to go to the place of like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that and wanting him to make him more comfortable or change plans, but then recognizing like, it's all okay. Like this is what we agreed. And a lot of this is happening in my head and just noticing even the the brain pattern of wanting what that makes me want to do. Like note, like being able to recognize, oh, I'm in shame or I'm in stress or I'm in overwhelm or whatever. And still honoring what I plan to do for myself. And so like even before like I'm getting on the podcast, like I made plans, like I want to take time to listen to like music that helps me get in my body, right? Or like self-pleasuring, like it helps me get into my body. It helps me connect with myself. It helps me get into that more authentic, like inspired, fun place. I mean, even like, it's funny because when I walked into into the bedroom, like to start getting ready for the call or whatever, like my mood was very much like kind of like wanting to be agitated and irritated and like, he should be doing this happily and like, this shouldn't be a problem or whatever, right? Like it wants to spin and all of this drama. And then like when I'm coming out of the bedroom, like to check in with him before I was getting a call like 15 minutes before we started like my energy is like totally lit up and I'm like I'm light and like happy and like joking around with him and being playful and like thanking him for helping out and you know checking on my boys to see how they're doing before they go to bed and it's just like such a shift in energy and feeling connected to myself and the way that I'm speaking to myself and mm-hmm. you know feeling proud of myself or I also see it as a way to practice how you want to speak with yourself and build that relationship that you have Yes. With yourself. Because I think if you're going to self-pleasure and you're like, like, I do think it matters what you're thinking the whole time is going to make a difference. For sure. Like the act itself is not going to necessarily change things. (laughs) You kind of like, and that's actually, I think part of the reason why I was resistant to it for so long. Because like when my husband would talk about it, I was like, the mentality I have about about it right now, like I'll just prove to myself that it's not a good thing. Right. Totally. And so it, it is going into it with the intention of, like wanting to build that relationship with myself and create that connection. So yeah, so it does help me. Get in the right energy. It's like get in the flow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a mood changer. It's become like a the ultimate self-care practice for you to become, like you said, inspired and playful and, you know, your most authentic self. I think that's such a beautiful description. Yeah. And even just depth too, right? Like experiencing more depth of emotion. And I've also found it a really good way to face my fears and like things I'm afraid of. Cause that's something I've, I've noticed a lot, not just in self-pressing, but even with sex, like a thought that often holds me back is like, it's too much and I can't handle it. Even just noticing those thoughts and how often they come up. And I think I remember that. Oh, that's another thing actually coming back to like that Voxer message we were talking about. Like that's another thing that was so powerful about that is that that was a time when I was really staying with myself and really challenging the thoughts of like, I can't handle it or it's too much holding space for those fears and the shame and all the things. And also like the curiosity of like, maybe I can handle it. Maybe I can handle more and maybe this or whatever it is, like kind of building up that intensity of the pleasure that you can even handle or think that you can handle. I think it's like a huge thing too. Yeah. It's such a huge thing. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because many women that I talk to, there is that fear there, right? Like that, what if I let myself totally go? Will I be able to handle what's on the other side? Is it going to be too much? And like you said, just being able to be courageous for like the depths of intensity and like, yes, actually I'll be okay. I can't. I even recognize too, like a lot of it comes to like this fear of losing control. And I think a lot of us, like we so much want to be in control And I remember even having this moment where I was like, holy cow, what if like the goal is not to be in control, but to lose control and know that you're totally okay. Like you're in control and having lost control. And like sex is such a vulnerable thing and your body can do all kinds of things when you're orgasming or pleasuring or whatever, right? And really building up that trust with yourself that you can handle it and that you can enjoy it or whatever it is, I think is a really powerful way to build confidence as well, because it is building that relationship with yourself of what you can handle. And and a lot of times confidence comes back to knowing that you can handle any emotion and being willing to fail. 
And so I even see like all of that is like, I'm building up my ability to handle all these different emotions. Like I'm experiencing them with more depth and more intensity and challenging my thoughts. And even just that piece alone can help with confidence. Yes. So good. Yeah. Just building that trust. So for any woman that's kind of just like listening into this and is just like, you know, I kind of want to, but I'm a little nervous or I'm kind of afraid it's not going to work for me. Like what, what would you want to say to her after you having done the work and being on this other side where you're feeling more inspired and confident and everything else? The first thing that comes to mind is being willing to do it, even if it won't work. Mm -hmm. Because I think that was really key for me is like, if I put my the pressure on myself, like I can only do this if it will work. Like I was willing to do it even if it didn't work. And I think part of it too is just where I was wasn't where I wanted to stay. And so even just knowing that, like just knowing I want to be somewhere different and that's going to take some exper- experimentation and curiosity, like this, I know for sure this isn't where I want to stay. And kind of like that quote, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but like we want to change when the unknown of the future is like we want that more than the certainty of today. Let's go something like that. Like I don't know. I haven't heard that, but I'm in love with it. Yeah. <laughs> now we said that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think if it's something that you want, even the possibility of, like be willing to do it even if. Right. It doesn't even like if. I see it kind of even as an act of love. Like I even like in the context of like say a workout, like like if we're working out to get to a certain something. Like that's one type of experience, but it's like when I really think of my, like something like that is like, I'm doing this because I want to give time to myself and I want to send a message to myself that I'm a person who matters and I'm deserving of my own time and I'm deserving of my own love and my own affection. And I like seeing it even as something that you are giving to yourself and benefiting from like now, like not even something that you're waiting for or getting to like creating that as you go. Yes. I love that. Seeing it as like a gift to yourself now. Yeah. It's so huge. And even going back to like what you had said earlier in the interview about like before thinking like, oh, well, my pleasure is less than, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like the willingness to be like, but what if it isn't? What if I'm not less than? What if I am worthy of giving this gift to myself because I want to see if it can get better and if I can experience that pleasure? Yeah. And I even love what you said on a, a recent podcast that related resonated with me so much because I very much feel the same way and have thought about it the same way where it's like, so much is like everything we do is for other people. Like almost like justified, it has to be for someone else. And I've seen that a lot in my own life, like where I felt like I couldn't do something unless my husband was on board too. Like another person w- needed to want the same thing for it to be okay for me to want it and do it. Otherwise it's like, it wasn't justified or I couldn't do it. And Mm-hmm. really kind of building up like it's okay to do things like just for you like you you are a person too I love it um okay and then the one final question I would love to ask you that I ask everybody that comes on this interview is what do you think or how do you think the world would change if more women were pleasured the way I like to think about it is that it would be a world where we have more authenticity and connection and depth of in our relationships and more empowerment where we feel like we're not dependent, right? Like we have that more of that confidence and yeah, just more depth in our relationships and being connected to ourselves and growing in the ways that we want to grow. Mm, so good. Such a fun world to live in. <laughs> The best kind of world. Yeah. I I can't speak for all women, but the other piece of it too is like, I just really love feeling like passionate and sexy. And like when people are showing up as like passionate and sexy, like I think that's so much fun to be around those kind of people who like love what they're doing and love who they are and want to make a difference in the world. Like my favorite nickname lately is sexy. Like whether I'm like talking to myself as I pass by the mirror, like, hey, sexy, or like even like, I love it when my husband calls (laughs) me that, right? So like what a different world that is too when like we're all showing up as passionate about what we're doing and and feeling sexy and like loving our lives and that doesn't mean it's perfect or it's that way all the time right but showing up with more of that energy i think definitely shifts things 
Mm, I love it. I love it. More sexy, sexy, sexy passion all around. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your story on here. I'm sure so many women can relate to so many things that you talked about. You dropped tons of good gems in there for the listeners. So thank you. Thank you so much, Danielle. I really, really have loved working with you. And I just want to say that like for anyone listening, (laughs) like I love your energy and other people I like, I know I've referred some someone to you and that was the same thing they said, just like your energy is amazing and thanks. it's just so fun to work with you. So Aww, thanks. You're going to get me all emotional. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks again. And um, yeah, I will talk with you in our next session. All right. Thanks, Danielle. Yeah. Bye. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that interview. It's been my absolute pleasure to share this work that Daisy has done and the transformation that she's been able to have with you. And I hope that it gives you insight into what is possible for you, that doing this work on your sex life and as yourself and just really creating and integrating this part of your life into who you are as a woman can change everything. And if you want to do this work with me, I encourage you once again to check out Better Sex in 90 Days. It is the most comprehensive program that you can do right now where I take you through a step-by-step process to really unleash that wild woman in in a most safe and loving way so that you walk out of this not only knowing how to do it, but how to repeat this process so you can keep falling in love with yourself, more in love with your relationship, and more in tune with your sexuality and therefore your power. Take a look at it. Better Sex in 90 Days. We start in two weeks. DanielleSavory.com slash growth or group growth. Yes, that would be a good one. Slash group. I hope to see you in there.